Hello, and welcome to our podcast here at Discovery Point Church. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message inspires you and is the beginning of a life-changing relationship with Jesus. Well, if you were here last weekend, um, I am the one that said, I'll move to Arizona if there's a Sam's. And I remember those words coming out of my mouth. Um, And I've thought about this this week, honey. I thought, the Lord answered my prayer. Could I not have said something more like, if we moved to Arizona, could we like go through the drive-through at Jared's or something? Or if we moved to Arizona, is Hawaii closed or something? But I said, if we moved to Arizona, will there be a Sam's? And so I talk about a missed opportunity, like for for something miraculous to happen. He could have answered a prayer, and he did. But after Greg surprised our family, we were sitting back. Um, a few weeks ago on April 15th, and we we're sitting there having lunch. The kids and I were just kind of oblivious to the day that it was, and all of a sudden, Greg holds up his water, and we, t- we do a toast for our 20th anniversary here at, um, in Arizona. And Gregory was just seven, which is kind of crazy to think about, and Kaylee was four, which are about the same size, Kaylee. <laughs> Kaylee was four, and Gregory was seven, and it was just a precious time that very first, when they were little and we moved here, but it's just a sweet memory that I have of how long we've been here, because I look back at how, what, where they are now. And really, to be honest, two people that had never even heard of the term church plant, um, we came out here and started a church. And um, I'm not a visionary, or um, I don't know how to create mission statements or core values or anything like that. Um, and, but I want to remind you, there's been some themes that have been spoken um, from here over the last couple of years. And um, that really, to be honest, I'm most proud of, because um, where we are today, I'm kind of, to be honest, surprised we're still here. Um, I guess we're not quitters. And I guess we stick with things, and to be honest, God still has us here, and so that's why we're here. But there's been some things that have been said from this place right here where I'm standing, that unless you have not had a pulse, um, you've not heard um, what has been said. I, I, so anyway, I just want to kind of remind you of some things. Um, that we strove, you know, strived, strived in the beginning to be a community of faith, hope, and love. And it's just always been my prayer that we've not been perfect, but that we would be a community of faith and a of hope and, and of love. And I'm really grateful that I can stand here and say I feel like we fulfilled that. Um, you've heard from this stage, be a disciple that makes a disciple. Walk as Jesus walked. You're loved. Our purpose is to bring God glory by walking as Jesus walked. You've heard God's intention for us is to make us like his son. And there's just been this, it's like they keep trying to say it in different ways, but it's the same message. They just keep saying it in a different way, hoping that that's what we will really begin to do. Pray, care, share. We've talked about that. That's really important to us. Pray, care, share. We are redeemed to reflect the glory of God. We've talked about that too. And then the Abide series was so moving. If you didn't get to watch it or be here for some of it, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. Because I just pretty much summed up Abide is if we can learn what it means to abide with Jesus, um, we won't help but be able to bear fruit and bear much fruit and bear more fruit if we just learn what it means to abide. And so that's, I feel like there's just been these core themes that have been spoken over the last couple of years that it's our prayer that people will begin to grasp onto them and that they will begin to change their lives. But a few weeks ago, God grabbed my attention. There's two large banners um, that are out in our little foyer that you walked by when you walked in the doors today, and they've been out there for a while. And even Greg just mentioned it just a second ago, to know him and make him known. 
And it says, John 17, it just has the scripture, John 17, 25 through 26. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you know, I've made you known to them and will continue to make you known to them in order that they will have love and that you, that you will make me may be in them and that I myself might be in them. So to know him and to make him known, we don't want that just to be a banner, but we want it to be what we do. So after baptism, a few weeks ago, I was speaking with a, a new mom, and she pointed over there at the signs, and she said, I just love that. And it was like God grabbed me um, and just shook me and said, Sharon, why don't you do that and do that more? Why don't you get to know me more, and then why don't you make me known? And you know, after thinking about it and praying what I would say this weekend, I thought, well, why don't we all do that? Why don't we all do that? And I just really truly believe that's what we're called to do. And I truly believe that we could make a difference in our community and in our families if we did that simple thing to know him and make him known. So God reminded me of a scripture that, to be honest, is probably going to be preached all weekend just because it's Mother's Day. But it's a scripture I'm going to read here in just a second. But in Luke 10, before this scripture, before we get to our text, Luke 10 begins with Jesus sending out the 72. He had his, his little disciples together, and he, he paired them up in twos. He didn't want them to be alone. They had a buddy. And he told them, I, I loved, I'd encourage you to go back and read Luke 10, the beginning. He gave them the game plan. He sent them out. He said, go. He told them what to do. He told them what to say. He, he told them to heal the sick and to tell them that the kingdom of God is near. And then they returned in, in verse 17 with this great joy. Like it was like, you know, if you've done something, you come back and you start telling what happened. And so they all probably began to be telling like somebody got healed and somebody came to know the Lord and all this. It was just like a big revival with these 72 as all this began to happen. And I just begin to wonder before we read our text, I wonder, because we're going to be visiting the scriptures of Mary and Martha. Did one of the disciples, like did Peter and, and John go and 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 Martha was in the marketplace, and, 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 and they came and said, you got to hear a story, or somebody got healed. I, I just began to wonder, like, how did Mary and Martha and Lazarus first encounter Jesus? Did one of these 72 tell them? Wonder, I wonder about that, and I guess we're not going to know, and I don't want to speculate, but it just makes me wonder. They come into the picture right after the 72 are sent. So Luke 10, I want to read Luke 10, um, verse 38 through 42. And it's at the home of Martha, Mary and Martha, and, and you guys are going to know this passage, and, and it's probably something that you've known for a long time. But I've read it with new eyes and with a new heart. And it says in verse 38, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened up her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care? Like, can you just picture her face? Like, can you just picture like she wasn't like, she was not a happy camper. And she probably really didn't have to say something. Jesus probably knew. Can you just see that her facial expressions? But she came to him and she said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. And I love that she starts telling Jesus what to do. Like, tell her to get up and help me. Like, you know, like tell her to get up and help me. I love that. But I also love Jesus's response. Because I've heard Jesus say this to me multiple times, Sharon, Sharon. And I see a tenderness in Jesus' response to her, um, not a scolding. And she, he says, Martha, Martha, 
the Lord answers. You are worried and upset about many, many things, but few things are needed, or indeed just really only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. And that was the end of the story. So to know him, what does it mean to know him? I don't know about you guys, but I've always identified with Martha because I am Martha. Like, I am Martha. Like I said, I've heard multiple times Jesus say, Martha, 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 Sharon, Sharon, Sharon. Because I'm always sometimes doing things instead of sitting. At some point, I believe that she and her family had an encounter with Jesus. That Martha even called him Lord makes me believe that she knew who he was and she had placed her faith and trust in him. But I also understand on, you know, Martha, that the importance of caring when people come into your home. When we're in Nepal, this was kind of hard for us in the beginning when we first started going to, to Nepal. When they, when they invite you into your, their home and, and you're their guest, like they, and this was super hard for me because the, they would prepare the food and we would go sit down and, and then the men would eat and they would serve you know, the women. And, but the women that made the food, they would not come eat with us until we were all done. And then, and sometimes I would, I would be, ugh, because they would come in after we would go back in there and we would be talking and then they would go back in at the table and you would just hear them laughing and having fun, but they would, they would not eat until we ate. And it was super hard for us because we're like, no, 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 we're family and you, we'll come eat together. But in their culture, it was just important to them in Nepal. So I can kind of get where Martha's like, she wanted to take care of her guests. You know, that was very, very important to her. And um, I also remember a funny story with Gregory. We, were, we had gone to an orphanage, and, and um, they were serving goat. Do you remember this time? This is one, son, this is one time when Mama didn't bail him out. And Gregory, he was hungry. We'd been, it had been a long day, and he loaded up his plate with goat. And, and Greg sometimes talks under his breath to us, and Gregory didn't get the memo. And, like, don't put, because what you put on your plate, you, you eat it. And Gregory had to eat that goat. And, oh, dear, that was a tough one, because he was on his own on that one. And we didn't belly him out. It was kind of funny. Um, but I, I don't want to look anymore at Martha. I don't want to look anymore at her. I want us to focus for the rest of our time on Mary. I want you to look at her posture and her position. She was sitting in a posture to learn. And don't miss this. She was sitting as close as she could get to Jesus. She was sitting at his feet. Like, it's almost like, like, I don't know how old she was. She was younger. I just picture her being this, this probably this young little girl. And, and if possible, if she'd sat in his lap, I think she would have. I think she wanted to get that close to Jesus. It, she would have sat in his lap if she could have. But she got as close as she could. Her posture and her position was as close to Jesus as she could get. And I think we need to pay attention to that in Mary's life. Um, she, um, and you know, I know I, I have a sister and, and I know many of you may be thinking she was sitting that close because Martha, if Martha could have got to her, she'd have grabbed her and pulled her back. That's why she was sitting that close. But I think she was sitting there because she knew was sitting, who was sitting in front of her. And still even to open up the can that she was a, was a woman or a young girl, that was not, they did not study scriptures like the men did. So even there was her sitting there was, I, it's just so cool that her sitting there, it, it was okay. Jesus wanted her there. Um, so I, I just love and, and just know that Jesus loved her so. I think he, you know, he had this, this family was special to him. And, I, and, and in John 11, 33 and 35, when um, this later, you know, later, when we hear about them in scripture, when Jesus saw her weeping, Lazarus had passed away and 
Um, her brother had passed away, and there, there's no mention of parents. We don't know if they were orphans. We don't know where the parents were. And Lazarus had passed away, and and some, some of the Jews had come alongside her and who were also weeping. And Jesus was so de- deeply moved in spirit and troubled. When, and he said to them, where have you laid him? He asked, and come and see, Lord. And they replied. And then the, the shortest scripture that I know of, that I think is in scripture, is where Jesus wept. And it was when he looked at Mary grieving. And so he loved Mary. And I think it was because Mary, I believe, knew who Jesus was. And I think it's, it's important for us to know who Jesus is. So my um, challenge to you today, if you're hearing this today, get to know Jesus more. Get to know him more. Take a seat at his feet. I'm confident of this. Guys, listen to this. I'm confident of this. There's nothing more important that we can do in the life of our families than to know Jesus and to know him well. Don't miss this because you're in the kitchen or because you're on your phone or you fill in the blank. Sit at his feet and sit at it often. Get to know him and get to know him well. Um, I'm just going to be honest. There's, we've been in a season with our family. There's been some, there's, it's just been, moms just kind of know. Like when, when your kids hurt, you hurt more. Do you know what I mean? When your kids hurt, and, and dads, when your kids hurt, you hurt more. And we've been in a season, and we've always been transparent, but we've been in a season where there's, there's been some things, and even back home in Oklahoma, we've got some challenges and some things going on in our family. And my, my son-in-law's sitting here, and you have a police officer for a son-in-law, you're going to pray, and you're going to pray a lot. Chris has brought a whole new level of, um, of opportunities for me to pray. Um, but it, last, it was just last weekend, I felt broken for my kids and for my family. And I don't know about you moms, but sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night, I can't sleep, and, and I got up and I grabbed my Bible, and, and we have, um, have a designated place in our home that we call a prayer room or a mission room. And I love it because our kids think we're super weird. Um, <laughs> because they just don't get it. But Greg, growing up, um, they had an altar in their, in their house. And I'll, I can still see it. It was upstairs. They had these three little stairs. And right when to the left, you walked in, and there was this altar. And so when we were starting to decorate our house, Greg was like, I want this room. We were trying to decide, is it going to be his office, or what, what is it going to be? And, and we decided to turn it into a prayer room and a, or in a mission room. We have some things in there that are important to us. And so this is our prayer altar. And I, we want to be modern, like I want to be, we want to be modern, but we're, we're not. We, we want to be cool and modern, but so I've termed our decor, we're old century, we're old century modern. That's how, what I feel like we are. So um, anyhow, but this is our prayer altar. And last weekend, guys, in the middle of the night, I just got up and, and I grabbed my Bible and, and I just, I went to, to our room and Greg was sleeping, and, and I even knew what he was going to be talking about next week, but, you know, that next day. And, and I prayed for him, and I prayed for, for our kids, and I prayed for our family back home. And it was like God said, Sharon, just, just take a seat. Take a seat. And so it's turned backwards, but on the other side of here, there's, there's a place where you, you're supposed to kneel. And I just sat down. If I don't pray for my kids, and I don't pray for those that are in my life, then who's going to? I mean, luckily, we have some other people that pray for us regularly, but I know when my kids are hurting, I, there's just things that I know. And so I have the privilege of going to the Father and praying for our kids. And so um, 
I don't know, there's times I feel like that we need to be in reverence and kneel before the Father, but I think there's also times that we just need to take a seat. Um, so I don't, want you to admit, I don't want you to miss that, the importance of knowing Him and knowing Him well. If I could redo that sign, I would say know Him and know Him well. Um, and then the second part of the sign is to make Him known. And if you've been here again, be a disciple that makes a disciple. It's simply what it says. We can't, you can't tell somebody about him if you don't know him. Be a disciple that makes a disciple. Someone last weekend, we had a busy weekend here. There was a lot going on. And I guess I've gotten a little fixated on the banners because they're kind of important to me now. And they put them backwards. And so they had to make him known um, on the other side. They, they had them backwards. And I was just here. They're the Martha kicked in. And I'm like, geez. You know, it just went in and went into that, and I just went and fixed it. And um, But to make, you cannot know him and tell somebody about him if you don't know him. So take that and make that an important part of your life. We should be a reflection of Jesus. Um, I want to share, there's this sweet family in our church, Michael and Michelle Phillips. And Greg, excuse me, Greg had a chance. Um, I think Michael was the first one that he took through um, one of the discipleship books that Dan wrote. And um, when Michelle married Michael, um, I'm going to have to get a drink of water. When Michelle married Michael, um, she not only became Michael's wife, but she became Millie's stepmom. I'm sorry. Um, she, She became Millie's stepmom. And so I'll, we, we, Greg did the wedding, and it was just a precious time that, that they became a family. And um, uh, <clears throat> Michelle, I don't know, I was probably at Sam's buying toilet paper. And I must have walked down the, the book aisle, and there was a devotional book that I had bought for Michelle. And I know me, I probably wrapped a little bow on it, wrote a little note and wrapped a bow on it and gave it to Michelle and never gave it another thought. Um, so Millie wrote her testimony a few weeks ago when she was baptized that she asked if she could, um, he, they called and asked, can Millie read her testimony? And we're like, well, yeah. So Millie stood right here. If you were, weren't here, she stood right here and before Greg and, and Michael baptized her. And, and I want to read you some of her words. She said, um, I want to be baptized because I think of it as being an important opportunity as a believer of Christ. The first step to eternal life in heaven is baptism. At three years old, I would read Jesus Calling and do a devotional. I would wake up knowing that God and Jesus were with me. Every morning, Michelle would walk into my room and sing, It's a new day, it's a new day. Thank you, God, for this beautiful new day. The sun is shining, my heart is beating. Thank you, God, for this beautiful new day. She said, and then we would walk out into the living room and read Jesus Calling. And I turned around, I was sitting right in front of Michelle, and I turned around to her and I said, Michelle... You were a disciple that made a disciple. She's, and I just love this picture. I want you to look at this picture of Michelle. Because um, way before, um, there, there's little Millie there. Way before, there was, um, there, way before, you know, she even knew, there came Vera, and then there's little Ruthie. And, and Michelle next month is going to have another little girl. She's going to be number girl number four. And when, um, when I look at this picture, it just tenders my heart because I know something. I mean, I have thought it. All I can think of is that's four weddings that Michael's going to get to pay for. <laughs> I did have that thought. <clears throat> but what, what I see there is, is 
not just Millie, but there's a Vera and a Ruthie and another little baby that's fixing to meet Jesus because Michelle's going to disciple them and love them and take being a disciple and making a disciple seriously. Um, it's just, I think it's just such a precious thing. Monday I was sitting um, at my desk and I was just trying to figure out what we were going to, what I was going to talk about. And Michelle sent me a, t a text that I want to share. She said, Sharon, I've had this idea for over a year that I'm finally putting into action. I've res reserved the name for it and I'm beginning to work on my website. It's called Discipling Daughters. And my goal is to reach moms and daughters through Christ. I want to hold quarterly events with mamas and daughters, always leading with the word and focusing on discipling our most precious gifts. Thinking of fun events like hiking together, painting, serving, etc. But all, I love this part, always beginning and ending in the word. And I just I look at that picture and I just am so grateful that God let me have a little snippet to be a part of their journey, as Greg and I have been had the privilege of walking along Michael and Michelle, because this is what it's about. Be a disciple that makes a disciple, and then look what's about to happen. We have no idea who Millie is going to impact. We have no idea who Vera is going to impact, and, and little Ruthie, we have no idea who's, who's, who we're fixing to meet next month, and what God is going to do in their life. So be a disciple that makes a disciple. This is the best example I could give you today of knowing him and making him known that I could show you. So I want to end just with this one quote. Um, get to know him and make him known so the next generation will. Because we need that in, in our future. Who is going to tell this next gener about, generation about Jesus if we don't tell the ones we're looking at now? So get to know him and make him known so the next generation will. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. We pray you allow this message to transform you to take what you learned and share the love of Jesus to those around you. You can stay informed and connected by following Discovery Point Church on all social media platforms. Thank you and God bless you.
Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. We pray you allow this message to transform you to take what you learned and share the love of Jesus to those around you. You can stay informed and connected by following Discovery Point Church on all social media platforms. Thank you and God bless you.